and hello everyone in the Rio Grande Valley and welcome to another edition of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. Don't forget we drop episodes every Monday on anchor.fm forward slash STBS. Today's topic will feature the Rayados of Monterrey and two. Help me analyze a little bit of their off-season transactions. I have brought in from Rayados 90, Eduardo Razo. Eduardo, how are you? And how's everything going? Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing really great. I appreciate the invite. Um, just, uh, you know, balancing work and, and normal everyday life. Now that we're transitioning back to normal everyday life, but but I'm doing good. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. So let's jump on board and talk about the Rayados offseason right now. Of course, I guess one common denominator then that all of the fans have is Fuera Hugo Gonzalez, Fuera Hugo Gonzalez. And apparently that has been granted for at least one year. Now, I'm of the fans that I would like to see the young guy or not so young anymore, uh, Luis Cardenas, who was a 27-year-old guy who's had a lot of fringe appearances in cup games. And that's probably the direction I would like to see. But knowing the front office, they're going to bring in a high-profile guy uh, from Boca Juniors. And obviously, it's going to be a battle for the number one jersey. However, how do you see this goalkeeping uh, situation playing out at the moment? Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's pretty much unofficial that uh, Andrada or Esteban Andrada from Boca Juniors is coming. It's just a matter of time. It's, it's, it's when, not if. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I compare this situation with uh, Monterrey to that of Liverpool when Liverpool had a um, – uh, the one goalkeeper, his name slips my mind. but Lorius Carius. Yes. And they made it all the way to the Champions League final. And then they lost because of bonehead mistakes that he made against Real Madrid. And what did the Liverpool do that summer? They they spent money, huge money, and was decided, hey, we're finally going to get, we're going to address this issue. We're going to, and we're going to spend big. And they went after Alisson, who was at uh, AS Roma at the time. And mm-hmm. so they're, you know, Monterrey finally decided, you know what, we're going to go big. Like, we're, we're not going to, like, Marcelo Barovero was a good band-aid just, just because uh, he had the experience winning uh, Libertadores, winning Sudamericana, winning winning in Argentina. But he, there's no mistake that I, I think he came with 35 years old. He was at the tail end of his career. He, they squeezed as much as they could out of that, that prime that he had left. Or, you know, I, I know goalkeepers can you know, can give you something past, you know, well into their mid-30s, but they squeezed out as much as juice as they could from, from that from that tree. But, you know, they welcomed back to Gonzalez, and it, it hasn't worked. It hasn't, you know, I mean, he's had two opportunities, and he's kind of failed because, for me, I don't care what he does regular season against a team like Querétaro or San Luis. It's what you do in the big games, what you do in the Liga that, that I start reading you or I start seeing if you're the guy because that's what everybody's waiting for. 
and so he's kind of failed twice um and it's obviously that that once that i either feels pressure from the from the supporters or maybe finally came came to light and said you know this guy isn't it and and i know you touched on this better than us i i'm in the camp that i just don't see it with him like he doesn't give me that you know we, we call it that it factor it's, it's something that you can't really describe but when a, an athlete regardless of the sport has that it factor you kind of feel that confidence like okay this guy this guy can do it but now they're going to go out and spend maybe anywhere between six and a half to eight million dollars on on Andrada and you're getting the guy from Boca Juniors who's one of the biggest clubs in, in South America whether you're a river player or Boca Juniors supporter it's one of the biggest clubs in in Argentina, and they're not messing around. So they spend a good; they're going to spend a good chunk of money on on a goalkeeper, and hopefully have that position solved for the next. Uh, he's thirty years old. He can, that he can give you at least four years of good quality goalkeeping. Uh, but yeah, they're they're finally deciding to say enough is enough. We're going to go big game hunting, and they finally landed that big fish. For me, it, you know, I know. I guess not everyone's of the opinion of having uh, Luis Cardenas around. I kind of like him because uh, at least the times where he's played, he he hasn't had that one huge uh, slip-up moment, okay? And from there, you know, it's just small sample sizes to where how do you, uh, how do you get him more regular minutes? Now, yes, cup games. Um, do mean something, and of course, you, you, you obviously want to give the guy a, as many opportunities as you can. But when the team uh, spends money to br- bring in a player like Andrada, uh, that's just something that the club isn't is serious enough to where. It's championship or bust mentality. Now, some of the other names that you've seen exit out is Miguel Layun. He has gone back to his uh, club, uh, to Club America in Mexico City. Good, good that he's gone, or how do you rate that exit? Um, I'm indifferent. I, I, he, he, he was a good bench guy, but I mean, as, as you saw, he was playing well against lesser opponents. Like you saw, he did good against Columbus crew and Mazatlan. But then when the opponent was someone like Santos Laguna, you kind of saw why he's more of a depth piece, maybe a spot starter here and there and not someone you can rely on. So, I mean, I, I'm indifferent. I, I like that, you know, he gave us a good couple of seasons, but um, it's one of those, you know, it's, yeah, I don't know, I'm indifferent. I, I really, it's not a big loss for me just because I'm pretty sure you can get that type of performance from, from another veteran. So it's, it's, it's not a big loss in my opinion. It's, it's, uh, it, it, I mean, you see it in sports all the time, you know, you bring in a veteran for a year or two and then, you know, once you kind of realize that he's at the end of his career, he's nearing the end of his career, you kind of want to cut ties. I know he had a couple of months left. He had another six months left on his contract, but uh, the club decided to part ways with him. Uh, so it, to me, it's, uh, it's I'm indifferent when it comes to that departure. Okay, one of the other uh, departures, and 
I guess we might be in a consensus on this one. Aviles Hurtado. I'm glad that he's kind of gone because really, I never saw one good game out of him that left me saying, wow, what an acquisition we got out of him. And I think the one moment that will will be embarked in our heads forever was uh, skying that one penalty against you-know-who. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's kind of a mystery why they kept them for so long. I mean, it's been what going on four years since that since that game. Uh, but I mean, it, I kind of understand why not a lot of clubs can be paying a lot of like those type of wages, which is why it's been difficult to offload them, and especially now uh, during the pandemic, not a lot of teams were lining up to say, okay, yeah, we'll take them even if you pay us half his wages. So it was, I was kind of a, I was, it was kind of a shocker that they were able to offload him just because a lot of clubs, like I said, weren't, weren't going to pay those type of wages. And I was wondering how much would Monterrey have to pay to, to offload him, uh, which they were able to do to Pachuca. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy. It's been, you know, four years, way too long since I've, should have done that, but I mean, like I said, it's it's more of a financial issue why they weren't able to offload him. And and I kind of I'm not a big fan of paying more than like anywhere between thirty and forty percent is how much I would like to pay for a player, you know, or pay another club to, to you know pretty, pretty much take our player, um, just because you you just don't want to get in that habit of other clubs abusing you and saying, well, how about you pay us, you know, half, pay pay half his wages for us, you know, you. You just don't want to be taken advantage of in, in negotiations, but it's it's fine. I, I'm glad that it finally happened. Another name that has left the team, and this one, I'm not on one side of the fence or on the other. Jonathan Gonzalez. I He needs playing time. He, he needs playing time, and he's a defensive midfielder, and he was just not going to get it. You have pretty much – Two guys in front of him and Sosa Ortiz and Matias Canavita that are going to beat him out, and you know it was alone without an option. If if I if, you know I, I read things correctly, so uh, Monterrey has the option to bring him back. Um, if they're not going to sell him to Necaxa, or, or at least you know at you know in, what with that loan or what that loan deal consists of. Maybe in, in, in another year they can talk business, but I think you know uh, I think Sosa Ortiz has one more year left on his deal. Uh, I don't know what's Granavita's uh, contract status, but I'm pretty sure he has a couple more. Uh, you know, Jonathan Gonzalez is 22 years old. He came on really, really early, and he's one of those other players that kind of lost in the shuffle. He had a couple of good tournaments, but then kind of lost his way. I'm hoping that maybe more consistent playing time at Nikox, uh, maybe bring him back in a year and and just see how he develops. I, I think that's going to be one player that one of supporters should just keep an eye on uh, at Nick and see what happens there. Hmm. Uh, very, very interesting because, you know, I'm a fan of having young guys, it, I, I guess, in the bench because uh, you have Craneviter uh, up there in age and, you know, and the once you're up there in that age, uh, when well, you is 28. Well, Granavita is 28, okay. And, you know, I I would have loved to have seen him stay at least six more months to get out of him. 
but I, I've always liked to have some young guys in the bench for injury purposes, you know, and he's a really good player that can, that can help you play um, in, in, in both directions. But moving on, one of the names that uh, I guess he's been circling around the, the rumor mill a lot is Akeloba. And boy, whatever, whatever receipt there is available on that guy, please sell him, sell him anywhere and sell him quick, preferably Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it was. I see this 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 transfer as just it, I, it. It was just spending money to spend money. You really didn't need him, just because he doesn't offer up any other position where he can play. Like they'll stick him on the wing, but I just don't see him as a winger. He doesn't have that that pace, that ability to look. To I don't know. He just doesn't have that one on one, winning his duels. He just doesn't have that pace. That, that you know that that burst of speed that you kind of want to see in a winger. Um, so, you know, I, I never understood why they bought him. I, I, I guess, you know, you can't say no to buying a, a 21-year-old striker and, or a 20-year-old striker at the time and, and see how he develops. But you already had two guys in front of them, and he cost you – I've seen different reports, but it's always like maybe seven, eight million bucks that he cost them. So I was like, okay, why, why? – I never understood that purchase. And if they can recruit, you know, pretty much what they paid for for him from Nashville, then it's a wash. You get that money back. Uh, but you already have two center or two two central def- or not central defenders, two central forwards um, already there. Uh, and then you have Platano Alvarado too, so you can have someone in case injury um, or or whatever other reason. It, it, it's one of those where it's a wash. You, you get your money back and and just call it a day. And we can mention some of the guys who have uh, come in and already a part of the uh, team in Hector Moreno. What do you make of that transfer? Um, uh, it's I like it. It's okay. I, I, I know some people were, or at least the journalists were saying it was like a really huge transfer. I don't see it that way. I, I like it. It's just, it's like any other sport. It's where, I, and I would say it on the podcast too. It's like when LeBron James was in Miami, or when the Warriors, um, you know, were running their dynasty when they would bring in veteran players like Andre Iguodala, Ray Allen, Shane Battier, those type of players, where they're pretty much at the end of their career. You're just trying to squeeze out maybe one year or to uh, try to win a championship. So I, I view it as that. It's it's not, um, you know, it's not a huge signing, but it's a it's a nice veteran signing that. Uh, any team that's trying to win a championship will do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and I just feel like part of the weaknesses that uh, Rayals is addressing is the uh, defensive, is in the defensive lines. How do you like the the signings that they've had uh, so far defensively? Well, the signing of Hector Moreno allows you to have a central defender. It allows you to move Sebastian Vegas to left back. I, I'm not a big fan of um, Jesus Gallardo, at least his form at the moment. He really is. I mean, you see some of the Mexico. I mean, I haven't seen any of the Mexico friendlies, but just by some people's, I guess, reaction or comments, um, he hasn't looked good or he's looked okay. But with Monterrey, you kind of saw the Jekyll and Hyde where he'll look good one moment and then he's just, uh, making stupid decisions like uh, the game against Pachuca where he got like two two yellows by very, you know, ticky-tacky fouls that resulted in two yellow cards. 
uh, and so it's just like you kind of move on, on not not move on from it, but you at least send a message to say, hey, we have we have someone that can take your spot. Your spot isn't guaranteed, or or you're not just automatically you know put in the the left back position. So I kind of like that. I kind of like the back line of Medina at right back, Montes and Moreno at central defense. And then you have uh, Vegas at left back. So I, I like that more than, than having Gallardo in there just because he can be a defensive liability. Uh, one of the names that you did that you just did mention, and, and he's not moving anywhere in Stefan Medina. You know, you've been actively defending him on Twitter with his uh, – performances with the Colombian national national team. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Medina's game. You know, he's, he's one of those guys that can play you either in the uh, left side of the midfield or be, or be more of a left back type of guy. How do you see him uh, fitting into this upcoming team for Javier Aguirre's side? Um, I'm hoping he can carry that momentum that he had against uh, Santos. Like ever since he got linked to Real Valladolid, he kind of has dropped his form a little bit uh, because that 20 or that 2019, I guess. Yeah, that 2019 version of him, it kind of got him nominated uh, from I forget the Uruguayan newspaper that does like the awards for like best South American players. But he was right there as one of the best right backs in in Latin America with um I forget the other guys. I know one of them was Danny Alves uh, from Sao Paulo. Uh, so, mm-hmm. he, he, you know, when, when, when Medina is at his, at his peak, he's one of the better players, not just in Mexico, but entire Latin America. So I, I'm, you know, I'll defend him, but I'm not going to like blindly defend him. I'll criticize him. Like we, on the podcast, we've stated that we're, we're not criticizing because he's a bad player or anything like that. It's we're criticizing because he, we've seen the best of him and we can, he, what he can offer uh, and, 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 you know, he's, when he's on his, like I said, when he's on his game, he's not just one of the better right backs in Mexico, but entire, entire Latin America and, you know, his national team caliber, he's at the end of his contract in December. There's, I don't know what's going to happen with him. I've kind of real whether he leaves or not, um, I'll, I'll be happy if he can help us win two more tr- trophies, obviously the, the, the Conca champions and the league after that, I mean, he'll deliver, he, he'd had delivered like, I think at the top of my head, I think six or seven trophies to the club. So at the end of the day, if he wants to pursue a, a career in Europe, you really can't fault him. Like he, he's done everything. I mean, obviously the selfish side of me would want him to, to renew his contract and spend, I think he just turned 29 uh, and spend like the rest of his prime years. I, 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 for me, the last stages of a player's prime years are like that 28 to 32 range and I would like for him to just finish out I'm hoping Javier Aguirre can convince him uh I know he's been linked to Getafe I believe reports I I I wouldn't like him to go to those type of clubs where either just battling to survive at the bottom of the table and I hope Javier Aguirre can convince him on that point but if he if he goes to like a team like Real Betis I mean obviously they're not going to win the league but they'll they'll compete in Europa League they'll compete with in Copa del Rey, I can respect that. Like I can at least take that and say, okay, you know what? You're going to, to a club that's not going to be a bottler. They're not going to just get beat up and try to just survive. I can respect that and go ahead and pursue that. But if it's just those type of clubs that are at the bottom of the table trying to, to, to just stay in the league, I, I would rather much see them sign a contract extension. But if, it, if it's a team like Real Betis 
supporting team elsewhere that at least can compete in their domestic competitions, whether it's their League Cup or maybe in Europa League, I can live with that. That's fine. I, I, you know what? You've done a lot. Go pursue, you know, your last three years of your prime and see if you can do it in Europe. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Like I, 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 I tweeted out, I'm just going to enjoy these next six, six months because we're going to have a really good defense. I'm just hoping everyone stays healthy. Uh, because obviously Hector Moreno's 33, and then obviously Sebastian Vegas has had, you know, I, he has the potential to go to Europe, and obviously Montes too. So I'm, I'm, you know, just gonna enjoy these next six months if, if all of them can stay past this summer window. Now, one of the other topics I did wanted to bring up: the naturalization of Rogelio Funes Mori, El Mellizo. Good fit, bad fit for Mexico. Um, that's good. I mean, I don't understand the big deal of it. I mean, you, you see this in Europe all the time. I, I, at, the, at the top of my head, I know the Manchester City defender, um, uh, the, I forget his name too. He, he became, he's, he's a French citizen, but, be, you know, had, uh, became a Spanish citizen to play for the Spanish national team. Uh, so it's like, it happens in Europe. It happens everywhere. It's, I, I don't know. Maybe there's, it's the summer and there's not much else to talk about, so they might blow this out of proportion. But Mexico, I mean, I haven't seen their friendlies. I saw like the games against Costa Rica and the U.S. They need someone to score goals, uh, and and Morales uh, Funes Mori. At least he's a better option than like Alan Pulido or Henry Martin. Like he's way better than those guys. And I don't want to sound like I'm, to, you know, he's just way better than those guys. Like he 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 can be that tier, that second tier behind Raul Jimenez who you know he has European experience and he's way better than at this moment at this time Chicharito who's playing against MLS defenses like I I, I don't I, and it goes with Monterrey too I'm, I'm not a, I, I, I don't I don't know there's there's some type of inflation when when players score a lot of goals in MLS just because as we've seen the defense can be very very poor so it's like I, I you know reserve you know criticism or not criticism but I reserve thought of what you know Chicharito's doing with the LA Galaxy just because like I said MLS defenses are very poor I mean we've seen you know Monterrey play against some of the MLS defenses and how how bad they can be uh so it's just yeah I, I, is is the best option for Mexico as uh Raul Jimenez you know works his way back from that head injury um for me, it, you know, he kind of reminds me a little bit of I I, I don't because I it would make me sound that I'm comparing apples to oranges when I bring up these uh, few names. Um uh, Neri Castillo, Leandro Augusto, when Seth Goran Erickson was the head coach for Mexico then, and he Let's just say he utilized a lot of um, a lot of naturalized players, and even to I think a certain point, Guia Franco, if I'm not mistaken, and and it even carried on when Javier Aguirre grabbed Mexico for a second time, where he lived and died with uh, El Guia Franco, if, if you can recall correctly. That that's what it kind of like reminds me of. It it, it has certain shades. Uh, to it only because Mexico just has a problem um, not manufacturing but trying to get younger 
players at the forward position to try to um, create them within their own league. And instead they happen to like naturalize a player or two just to get them in the squad. Uh, But one of the, one of the more uh, recent transactions as well as Adrian Mora, a center back uh, from Toluca, young guy, 23 years old. What do you make of his arrival? Um, well, another guy that probably needs playing time. He wasn't going to get it at Monterrey. Um, you know, see maybe what you have in him. Uh, I think he's going to, he went to Juarez. And, you know, just because I think he's on loan from, from Toluca. And then, I, I don't know, this is just how weird Mexican business or the Mexican, you know, Mexican soccer is or a team that's loaning you a player, but you can loan that player to another team. Um, and I, you know, I think Monterrey wants to see what they have in, in, in Mora before I think they exercise any like option or, or purchase option. Uh, and then go, I, I mean, I liked him against Santos. He was playing okay until you make that mistake in the second half that led to the Santos goal. Uh, I don't know who scored the Santos goal, but I know he was like at fault. I, mean, you know, he, I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, he's a, he was the fourth guy on the depth chart. And now I think at what is, you know, at least he'll get a shot at the starting position and then you get to see what he, what, what he can do when he's a starter, when he gets those type of minutes and that type of position going up against a team's best attack. Uh, so it's good. It's another, you know, another young player that maybe you can take a look at and see if, if, if there's anything there. Uh, same thing with Jonathan Gonzalez. You can, at least with, with Jonathan, you know, you have his rights with Mora. It's more of a take a look first, and then if, if you don't like what you see, then, you know, he goes back to Toluca. As I'm being joined by Eduardo Rosso of Rayados 90, uh, Eduardo, I got to ask you here, one of the guys who's end of his contract is coming up here very soon is Dorlan Pavon. You know, he's one of those guys that, has been really, really inconsistent. But I guess you kind of saw the best Dorlan Pavon when he had that extraordinary uh, Ligia where he just went off and had some crazy goals. Is he worth a renovation of at least one more year or do you let him walk? away for free uh no you gotta let him walk at this point in his career um you know he's i think it's it, it should have been in 2019 they should have parted ways with some team or some players but i don't know what happened there they i guess you know the high of winning a championship makes you do a little bit of dumb things uh but and this I, was one of them yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you gotta you, i mean it, it he's not he's not the player that he was when he arrived what in 20 14 yeah 2014 on that time it's like he he's he's what 33 33 34 he's gonna be you know he's 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 approaching his mid-30s right he's not gonna be the player that he was in his late you know mid to late 20s where he was just scoring goals from like distance and it was just like you know out of nowhere sometimes where it's like you give him enough space and he'll put it in the back of the net like a couple of yards away from the box you know uh so i i I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to criticize him because he's, he's given the what people think I, he's one of the, he's one of the, 
you know, you look at the record books and he's one of the top players there. Like, I know, you know, everybody looks at, you know, the, the more recent time. And I think maybe once you take a step back, maybe where it's five years from now, 10 years from now, maybe you can, maybe that, you know, it's, it, maybe it's just, you know, you've had, you're, they're hanging on to him far too long than what they need to do or they, what they need to be. Uh, you know, it, it happens in other sports where a, a guy that, you know, you, you've loved, you've cheered. Um, he's been the team captain. Like I said, he's up there in the top, I think top five in goal scored. And, and I think I'm not mistaken. He's a top leader in assists. So it's like, you know, they've just hung on to him way too longer. And, and you know, that that's, he's not, he's, he's a shell of what he used to be. Um, and, and now it's just, you know, it's, it's the same with, um, with uh, Basanta when he was like at the end of his, his time here, was it like a year ago, like in that 2020 shortened season where it was like, yeah. why, like, why are you holding on to him to like, you know, he's 36 years old. Like, why are you sending him out there? And then, and then people, I mean, if you follow Twitter, you follow social media, there's people like, why, why is he starting? Like, why are you sending out a 36 year old guy? You know, like we're supposed to be, you know, pursuing for titles. Like, you know, like, you know, we're not a team that's going to be sending out players way past their prime and so it's just just one of those incidents where they've held on to a player that's way past his prime and uh, i think maybe in a few years three four five years people's like anger i guess will calm down yeah. and maybe you can appreciate that yeah he's you know he was he was the captain you know of, of uh, the team that won the league in 20 in 2019 and he, and he put that assist on funes mori you know after i think was the horses jorge sanchez that you know, I don't know, someone on America kind of like fell down as, you know, he was trying to defend the pass and he put it on Funes Mori to, to beat, um, you know, Memo Ochoa. Uh, so I think, you know, maybe in a couple of years, you know, once he departs, once maybe his playing career is over, people's anger can, you know, go back down to zero and then people can appreciate maybe his time here. But um, yeah, I think I think he's going to stay until the end of his contract. And then after that, it's it's just like, okay. Farewell, and especially now that you know the, the foreign spots are shrinking, you really don't want to hold on to a player um, that is either going to come off the bench. Uh, I feel like you can get that for, from a Mexican player, or at least whether it's a veteran that's been in Liga MX or someone that in your youth system that you want to give that opportunity to, uh, because you don't want to, like I said, you don't want a, a foreign spot being used on a player that's just giving you bench minutes. Uh, I'll try to wrap this podcast up with three more questions, but one of the other acquisitions that was made or at, or at least made by the club was the, uh, the reacquisition of Daniel Lahoud. What do you make of him? I, I know he was with the club uh, when he was younger mm-hmm. and he kind of, kind of gave that, that little spark plug for being a forward. But uh, for me, I think he really didn't finish convincing me. And I hope that his time outside kind of helped him mature a little bit to kind of be, uh, to become another part of uh, Rael's in a more mature fashion and provide that spark plug, that backup striker that mm-hmm. they that the team may need down the line. Yeah, yeah, and it helps that he's Mexican. So, you know, Monterrey needs to rebuild their bench. They need players that can come in uh, and give them something like, when when they're either down one nothing or or you know 
the offense is stagnated or you can see players are just on their last legs, you need somebody that can come off the bench and give you something that can score a goal, that can generate offense. They need that, that, that bench really needs players like that. And I'm hoping, like you said, maybe you can translate what he's done outside of the club uh, and then bring it back and, and be someone that can be consistent uh, off the bench because you need, you need a bench. You can't just can't ask your players to go, you know, 70, 90 minutes. You're just going to run them into the ground. So you need some, some players to to come in and, and either do some spot starting sometimes or, or like I said, just give you something off the bench when, when the legs are, are, are finishing. Uh, and I'm hoping that that's going to that like that signing just kind of kicks off. Uh, what they want to do with the bench because it's obviously going to, it's obviously going to have Doron and Pablo and now um, uh, Lahoud uh, in there. So I'm hoping you know maybe whether it's an, like I said maybe it's a, a young player from their youth system that they'll give a shot to uh, or Plantano Alvarado for for you know for another name. But we'll see. I, I'm I'm eager to see how they reshape that bench because last season it really they really didn't it really didn't give much maybe maybe you know maybe a Jansen or you know Funes Mori whoever's starting a striker can give you something when they're not starting come in for 20 30 minutes um because you know they're one of them was always playing out of position they're Jan, most likely Jansen was always a winger and, you know he's not a winger and I'm hoping they address that winger spot uh relatively soon but once they do Maybe that that can give you something to having a Jansen or a Funes Mori come off the bench, depending on who's starting for for that game. Uh, but yeah, the, the bench step, or at least you know having players that can contribute off the bench, uh, really is important because last last tournament they really didn't have anybody. Now, flipping over real quick to the women's side, looks like the Rayados have done have done the institution a favor by getting rid of. Tito Becerra and bringing in Eva Espejo. I see this as a significant upgrade and I really hope that the Rayadas can really return to a level of protagonist that they deserve to be. Yes, the Tigres Femenil have done a very well job of winning league after league with every once in a while, some other team breaking up that uh, that streak. But uh, I feel like this is a great hire for Rayadas, and I feel like this might be a, gr- a great chance for Rayadas under Espejo to break up that streak of Tigres. I mean... Last season, I didn't get to watch as much as the games uh, as I as I used to in the past, just because work reasons um, mm-hmm. and the ones that I could. I was, I don't know. I just felt like he just never, or Tito said, I never. It just never felt like he was the right guy for the job. I, I think it was just out of maybe I don't want to say luck because that diminishes the players' efforts and stuff. But obviously, him being at the helm of that uh, title that they won a couple of tournaments ago. Uh, felt like a fluke, mm-hmm. um, especially now that you put it in perspective, like, you know, what, what Tigres has done, um, you know, they, they needed someone that's going to offer something better because there was times where Vesera, where I was watching and I'm just like, why, like, you need a goal and you need, or you need a goal, you need to make 
changes or why are you protecting a leader or you know like his, his subs were very questionable and then I, I i follow people who follow like the women's side more closely and whose opinions i like go to or just like okay i'm, I'm not i'm not crazy i'm watching the same thing um uh so it just felt like a change is needed and i felt like some of some of the players that have been there for a while maybe needed that change that you know it happens in any other sport where players they just need a chance and they, they need a new voice um and they're gonna get it so i'm hoping that maybe energizes the squad and, and depending on what they decide to add to it uh again you know some like i said sometimes maybe a fresh voice is all a team needs just to get back to what they were because at times they were just neck on neck neck and neck with theaters but you know theaters would get them in either in the semifinals or in the finals so I'm hoping maybe a new voice can bring fresh ideas, bring something different that, you know, Becerra wasn't wasn't bringing. All right, Eduardo Russell, just give us a plug where people can find your work at. Um, I'm I'm all over the internet. Um, you can follow the podcast or the if you like centric um, podcast. Um, uh, at the at Rails ninety, we're on Spotify. You just um, or on Apple. You can just you can just search Rails ninety, and you're pretty much gonna find it there. Uh, the Twitter account is at Rails ninety. The ninety spelled out. Um, I also do some like football work for like websites like PSU Talk, Caught Offside, the Laziali. Uh, I also am gonna do some stuff for uh, NBC Sports Washington soon. So um, if you're like an I don't know if whoever understands. Maybe then maybe nobody's going to watch um, DC teams, but I'm, I'm doing stuff there or about to start doing some stuff there. So, yeah, just, you know, that's where you can find any work that I do. All right. Thank you, Eduardo Rosso of Rayados 90 for joining us. And this has been another episode of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. Thank you for listening. Hello, sports fans. Thanks for listening to another episode of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. This is your host, Ray Silva. Be tuned next week for another great episode as we drop podcasts every Monday here on anchor.fm forward slash STBS. Don't forget, our podcast can also be found via Google Podcast, Apple iTunes, and Spotify. Thanks for listening. <laughs>